Hello, everybody. You know, there was a part of me that was like, hey, you know, one day maybe I should just remove that hootie hoo. But it's like, you know what? That's me. I'm silly. It's just I thought about it just because it's, um, you know, a serious, more emotional type of show. But you know what? Screws all that. We are going to still keep a little humor and a little goofiness in this damn thing. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. And we are just going to get right into this guest. And it is a wonderful guest. Da, da, da. All right, guys, we're here again. Um, another great guest reached out. Actually, uh, I said on the previous one that I hadn't found anybody off of TikTok, but kind of sort of I found this one as well. I, I saw an ad. Um, and for something he he'll promote and he'll talk about more in detail but i thought it was his, his story was very inspiring and then i saw more of him i saw other videos pop up of him so it wasn't just like some ad that maybe you thought was a scam or something like it was a real thing and i'm like okay so i looked into him and reached out to the company and that i don't, I don't know if he works for but i'll figure all that out but um and he, uh, yeah, he, he ingratiated me and text, you know, emailed me back, and we've been contacting here, getting to know each other, and I really enjoy his story. He seems like an upbeat guy, and also another podcaster, so that's always great. Um, yeah, buddy, you want to kind of tell us your name and a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I, whenever I start out anything, I always say, so good to see you, even though I can't see you. It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. That's right. And my name is Kelvin Crosby, also known as the Death Blind Potter. And on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and all those other platforms. And, um, yeah, so I live with Usher Syndrome type 2. Um, so I'm born hard of hearing and then lost all my clarity uh, age 32. And um, was diagnosed legal blind, with legal blindness when I was 19. And so it's been a journey living with that blindness. But uh, it's just kind of working through those challenges and seeing where we land. Now, are you partially, like, are you, you're legally, visually, like, legally blind and legally deaf? Or how does that work? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, I guess that would be the, the word to put it. Um, like, partially. I have no more clarity in my vision, so I can't, I can see lots of bits and shapes, but okay. I can't really make out letters or numbers or, right. um, and I still have a little bit, I can tell, like, high contrast colors, but I can't really do much with, like, really close colors or anything like that. Right. I saw one of the videos. You, you have hearing aids, right? Yep. I wear hearing aids, and um, and that's a whole other story. We'll probably be here for hours right. talking about how you adapt using hearing aids, using all this equipment with a screen reader, and understanding how to navigate the world um, without with a hearing loss and not actually hearing words correctly. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't say more promote your podcast and your Instagram and everything later because that was where I was, I was like looking up on you and then I, I saw like I said more and more information online and um, you know again you don't usually see the combination obviously the most famous is Helen Keller but you don't really see the most that the, the double combination of hearing and and um, and vision because it's such a screwed up combination to have because one is bad yep. enough yep and it kind of leads me into like when I became legally blind when I was 19, you know, I mean, I was going to Bible school in Sequoia National Park in California. And what was happening was um, I had lost all my night vision when I was 13, but I didn't accept the fact that I was losing my vision. Yeah. And 
um, I'm, I'm up at school and next thing you know, my peripheral vision got so bad that I couldn't see a chair or, um, or anything like that. And so somebody left a chair out and I hit the chair and I fell on my knees and I just started crying. And I realized my vision got to the point where I couldn't see well enough to do, do the simple thing like somebody should be able to do. And it became problematic and I didn't really accept it. And I tried to take my life 12 times and really I would hike up the mountain looking to have a fight with a bear. Um, and so that way I would go down with a fight, but I really didn't want to live. And on the 12th time I heard that still small voice that says, Calvin, I got a plan for you. I got a plan for you to keep moving forward. And next thing you know, um, I get off that mountain, um, I finished school and I went to the Holy Cow National Center, uh, in New York and learned how to be deaf blind and learn how to sign and do all those simple, all those different tasks that you would do as a deaf blind person. And it really launched me into a whole new world and really having to realize uh, how am I going to overcome this challenge of deaf blindness <laughs> and, and like accepting my deaf blindness, um, it, it took a lot. I started realizing, all right, how do I have joy in this deaf blindness? How do I persevere? And how do I build a character that has hope? Because if I didn't have the hope to keep moving forward, then there was no point in trying to find joy in my pain and of becoming deaf blind. And with that, I started realizing I could live a life. I could live a life with with joy. I could live a life with my pain, my suffering, my difficulties, my everyday challenge of just doing simple tasks. I could live a life that way. And I started doing that. It really it took some work, but I started learning all the skills needed and empowering myself and was able to overcome the barriers of losing my vision and also being hard of hearing. So. Yeah. No, I think that's one thing that's not talked about enough is when you lose something that you had in, in, in our case, our vision and hearing, um, it's not talked about enough of how we actually kind of have to grieve our own body yep. parts because it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's hard to take in when you, when you just know something is just gone. And I mean, for me, I, yep. this all started happening when I was four, but I had to start really learning and to deal with it when I became a teenager and that was hard because you want to date and you want to do all the things that every other teenager is doing, but you're, you're lacking in a certain area. And you have to realize, you have to come to the conclusion that like, oh yeah, I am different. And you have to realize why yep. you're different. And then you have to swallow your pride and you have to take it in. Like, yeah, you're different because of this. And it's like, well, I didn't deserve this. What did I do that for? And you go down mm-hmm. this whole road of denial and depression and you know and then eventually somewhat you once you you come to terms because you deal with it long enough eventually just becomes a part of you and you're like okay this is my new normal but in order to to Mm -hmm. deal with that you have to accept it as well yeah well and i think that's where it came in my life was um i mean i've had the green my my vision loss so since i would say when i was 19 when i became lazy blind and so i still had clarity in the central part of my vision and then, so I grieved that. I went through that process. And then losing my left eye um, at age 28, 
that was I had to grieve. I made a mistake and I didn't grieve it. I just kept trying to plow through it. And then when it when I was thirty two, um, it it really hit me like a can of bricks and it sent me into a complete spiral. Um, I wasn't ready for it because that that was the thing is when when you don't the grieving had to happen twice, not just once. And because I was having to grieve both my left eye and my right eye and trying to say, Oh, maybe there'd be an opportunity. Maybe I could I could get my vision back. No. It isn't coming back. And the like the regret, like I tell people, you got a choice. You get to either grieve with joy or you get to grieve with sorrow. Because if you don't grieve with joy, then you're just going to stay in that state of frustration, annoyance, irritation, just hating everything. And you're just not going to do anything. You're going to let every hour go by really fast. You're going to just be in that numb state. But then, but, but if you grieve with joy, then that, that changes everything for you. That changes the world in a way where you're looking for the next pain. You're looking for the next suffering. So that way you can empower yourself in a whole new way. And I know for myself, when I realized I did not grieve my left eye, and then I started grieving my right eye, I realized because I was going through the grieving process, like I started writing my book and I started, um, I had already launched my business and I had already done all these things. And so I had all these things behind me that I could capitalize on, but I had to redo my accommodations and realize, all right, how am I going to do, how am I going to run a 3D printer? How am I going to run a, um, a robotic company? How am I going to run a engineering company? Like, like those are things that I was like, how am I going to do that when I can't see? And it, it took time. It took time to heal through that pain. And, and, and I, I'll still say it's still difficult. Um, yeah. like, I mean, I do tons of video editing all the time and I still can't see the pictures. Um, but I video edit all the time. So, it's a matter of finding ways around the challenges and living beyond them. Yeah. And, and as you go, like, yeah, you're going to have your bad days mentally and physically, but <clears throat> you know, you just kind of move on. And, and, and the thing is you, you're able to deal with it and, and, and cope with it much easier than you would have many years ago. Like now you bounce back quicker. You're not going to sit in your, yeah. you know, your mental filth all day long or weeks and months go by. You're actually going to bounce back quickly and just say, okay, this is what it is. I'm going to take today to just kind of be sad and, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll pity myself, whatever I got to do. And then the next morning, usually you wake up and you're like, all right, back to work. And you just keep it, you keep it pushing. Yeah. One of the best advice I was ever given um, was a guy, he, he was a uh, wounded veteran. He became hard of hearing and um, completely blind in Vietnam. And he, he put on dead um, in Vietnam, and then they went to feel his body. His body was still warm. <clears throat> and he he said, 
every day at this time, and I don't remember what time it was, I grieved for one minute. I sit there and I grieve the fact that I can't see and I can't hear and I got all these other battle wounds that I got to work through. And for me, that one minute every day is the first minute that I get up out of bed. I take a moment, I stop, and I just sit there. Some days I cry. Some days I mourn, mourn it. Some days I'm like, let's take on this pain today. And there's other days where it's a struggle. It's a struggle to move forward. Yeah. But by taking the next step and saying, I'm gonna, I am going to live beyond this. So just go straight to the bathroom. Like you got to do that anyways in the first thing in the morning and finding ways to keep doing the next thing to take the next step. I mean, for me in the morning, my morning routine is such a powerful thing for me. I do it all on my own. I don't have anybody helping me with it. And there's nobody up. And my wife is sleeping and my my son's asleep. So doing things on my own to overcome the barrier of not being able to see. And then in a lot of ways, I don't have my hearing aids in. So I just, I'm also deaf. Navigating the house and navigating those things. Just those small tasks are huge to set your day right. To take on the next challenge. I mean, we have a big homeless problem here in San Diego, and I run into homeless people all the time. And I don't know how I would be able to handle those people in running into them or banging into them and and be able to be okay walking out of my own home because a lot of them are on, on, on serious drugs, and I've had some encounters with several um, that didn't turn out very well. But it's one of those things, like, you just got to keep going. You got to be able to grieve that pain, grieve, grieve that 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 pain, painful situation that you're dealing with, and to move forward. Yeah, yeah. I think something I talked about in the last episode where one of the things I've been doing is I have a, one of those white dry eraser boards and put it on the wall and I just write down everything I need to do in that day. And anything that goes on the board, I have to do. Um because, and again, I, I write down very minuscule things as well, like text so-and-so, because I know I'll procrastinate. And then days and days will go by, and I just didn't do it. And then a month will go by, and you just, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I never texted that person. Um, and so I put everything on there. Just, I put little things, big things. You know, I put, like, doing the podcast today and, um, you know, go to the grocery store. I put all these things on there, and, you know, because I, I want to get them done. Because sometimes we... I think that's something I've talked about a lot on here. Sometimes people with disabilities, we tend to not look at our success. Like we, we, we have a hard time looking at our success in the in the grand scheme of things because we're so in comparison to people that are like able-bodied. So we like, okay, if we have a job, okay, it's hard to brag about having a job because a lot of people with people have jobs or a lot of people have their own <clears throat> place. A lot of people have kids. A lot of people... You know, whatever. There's there's a lot of things that we that are real successes because we had to jump through hoops and run through so many barriers and jump hurdles and so on. And it's hard for us to look at it though, because even though it was so hard for us and it's much harder for us than anyone else, we tend to just go, ah, well, yeah, we have our own place, but I know a lot of people have places. But it's like, no, that is a real achievement. And so sometimes like like I said, with, with what I'm doing with the board, is like sometimes you have to look at even the smallest things as 
successes. You know, it's like, oh, I made breakfast this morning. It's like, well, there's days where mentally I don't want to do shit. I don't want to cook breakfast or I don't want to make anything. I just want to lay there and cry. I want to lay there and just be angry and, you know, feel bad for myself, whatever. But this morning I got up, I took my, you know, I took my pills, I ate my food after making it and I did, I exercised like all these things are real achievements when you've come from where we've come from. Yeah. Well, and that's where, I mean, we, we didn't even get talking about being hit by cars. Oh yeah. I saw you got hit by, Mm. how many times you hit by cars? I've been hit by a car three times. Three. Okay. Um, Never, never to a point where I had to go to the hospital or really seriously injured, but it messed up my psyche. I mean, and for me, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for me, like the last, oh, I want to say, I mean, they all happened within about one year period. And I mean, I was, I was 20, um, 20 and 21. And when I was in New York, um, I got hit by two different taxis. The one that really, I, I remember like, like it was yesterday was the first time. And because that one, the cane went out of my hand and went flying down the street and the taxi driver never stopped. And then it put me on my knees. And, um, and so what was shocking because it was freezing cold. There was a, I think it was like, it was either February or or March. It was one of the months where it's freezing cold in New York, and I, I I'm newly blind to traveling like in environments like this and using my cane and so forth. So I started, but I had I've been learning how to cross streets and how to use my my ears to do that and do all those things. And but it was it was a, it was that night. And the taxi driver just came and just just took it all out, and I just realized from that moment it took me it took me about three weeks to get back in the city. Um, I mean, like I was going to Helen Keller National Center at that time, and um, it took me about three weeks to come back into the city and be willing to face it. But the sad part is, I get hit again a little farther up. Um, but this time my cannon only got hit, not my, um, my body. So it wasn't as dramatic, but it, it, it just messed with your psyche though. Every single time it happened, the one, the one here in San Diego that happened, that one was, it was just, it was, a guy was going super slow, um, wasn't even looking and I'm in the middle of the, the stop sign or in the middle of the street and he just rolls right through the stop signs and just. And I ended up having a seat on his hood, be like, "Oh, hello, nice to meet you." I mean, it, I mean, I wasn't hurt, but it was one of the moments. I'm like, um, "It'd be nice if you look." Um, and and so, yeah, it's just it those those situations where you're like, "How do you how do you overcome that?" Um, and for me, it wasn't easy. It, but it, but at the same time, I I knew. I, I could not handle sitting on the couch. I couldn't handle just staying there. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I was determined to keep moving forward. And I mean, honestly, my faith is what gets me through. I mean, I tell people you can, you can get, you can get through life without faith, but 
I tell you, when you have faith, it's like going from 110 to 220 uh, voltage in your life. And it just empowers you in a whole new way. I mean, it gives you hope in a whole new way. And uh, like, especially like with the car accident situation, each one of those times, I wanted to be able to go back to church. I wanted to be able to go back and hang out with my friends. And they were, there was no way they were going to come to see me because I lived so far away. So my motivation was, oh, I wanted to go back to church and be with those people. And it changed my life. I mean, it, those, those people helped me understand what it meant to empower myself through my pain, but as well allow my faith to help me overcome my challenges. Because they, they were there. They were there to help me deal with uh, the time I was attacked by a homeless guy in, in uh, New York. Never, <laughs> that story is hilarious. And I was just, I was walking down the street. We just got done with the karaoke party. My friends were behind me, and I'm using the blind cane as my Moses stick, you know, part in the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I, the guy shaking his can for money, and I, I can kind of see him in the right, a little bit underneath the light. And then I end up hitting something. And you know, as a blind person, when you hit a body, you know it's a body. Because um, it has an extra squish to it when you hit it. Yeah. And and normally it moves while you hit it. So, um, and this guy had moved right in front of me and he was facing me, ready to take me on. And I, I was like, uh-uh, we're not doing this game. And so I... I just shoved him right into the wall, and he he was he, thankfully he was drunk, and so um, he just went tumbling. And then my friends got behind me, and we just kept walking. And then you hear down the street, "You just got beat up by a blind man," hmm. and everybody was just laughing down the street. And we were we were like, thankfully we were able to take care of business and move forward, but. It, it, like even now that you got to work through those those psychological impacts and how do you move forward and how do you deal with that and in my case my faith and my desire to have joy in every single challenge in my life is what keeps me moving forward yeah and that's the thing everybody has something they hold on to and Sometimes you just, whatever it is, no matter how small it is, you just got to hold on to it. And, you know, obviously faith is yep. big for a lot of people and it, it's, it's well needed. And I'm sure you probably went through that phase because I think a lot of people who end up with some sort of traumatic life, especially when it comes to having a disability, you probably go through the stages of like, God, why me? Like, why would you do this to me? Mm-hmm. Yep. Does this mean you hate me? Like, what did I do? Why would you curse yep. me with this? How did you deal with that? So that's where, um, and that's where it becomes really interesting, because as a potter, it reminds me every time I touch clay, is that I was made unique, but I was also made in a world that has pain. And when we look at it from a bigger standpoint than just individually, it it makes sense. But when we look at it as individuals. It doesn't make sense because it's only about you and it's only about me. 
and when we think about our pain, but we look from a bigger standpoint. It, it, we're molded unique. We're, we're molded in different ways. And for me, I was molded deaf blind. I mean, did I know that over time? No. I mean, it's the same thing with pottery. Like when we mold something on pottery uh, out of clay, you don't know when you throw that piece of clay on a lump of, on a pottery wheel and you start shaping that clay, you don't know what that's going to turn out to be. I mean, when I throw a piece, sometimes I'm not going to throw it centered. Sometimes I'm going to throw it at a diagonal. Sometimes I'm going to throw it really perfect, but then just punch it right in the middle of it to give it a nice little dent on the side of it. Because each piece, each one of us is a beautiful piece. It's a matter of how do we display ourselves to the world? I mean, some people won't enjoy it that type of that type of piece and other people will and from a standpoint in asking why god why did you make me this way and that was the question that led me to attempt suicide 12 times yeah because i didn't want what he made i didn't want what god made out of me it took him helping me learn how to be molded in his design, not in my design. Because when we realize that our design, what we want as our design, is a very selfish nature. We want everything to be perfect. But when we want a design that helps somebody else, that loves their neighbor, that allows people around them to give them hope. It doesn't matter how bad life is, that design is going to always be beautiful. And it doesn't matter from an out, outwardly or inside, it's, it's always going to be beautiful when you put the design of who you are, not in your hands, but in the creator's hands and allow it to be molded in a way that is beautiful. Yeah. And that whole, the part of like the unknowing is the scariest part, but it's also like the most fulfilling part because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, obviously it's, it's scared to go like, well, when am I going to get this? When is this going to happen for me? And it's like, yeah, it's scared because you, you continue to run through your head of all the ways it could go wrong, obviously. But when, yep. when something happens and it's so, you know, unlike that you have ever imagined, it is so beautiful and it is so powerful because you're like, wow, like I didn't, I didn't even see that coming. I mean, obviously no pun intended, but you know, I didn't, yep. I didn't even see that coming. Like, and, and when something is so rewarding after a while, you're like, okay. Cause like, I never would have saw, I wouldn't, you know, I was such a kid that was bullied and picked on and I never spoke <clears> up. Why the hell would I ever see myself doing a podcast? Like, I, yep. it's not something I would have ever thought of, but I had to, had to take enough shit and I've had to be silenced long enough to where I'm just like, no. I think we're going to go in this direction, but I, I had to go mm-hmm. through a lot. I had to be molded as you were saying, and yep. it's just called evolving and, and you know, yep. taking your experiences, especially the negative experiences and then just making it turn it into something, you know, powerful and beautiful. Yeah. And I think there's something powerful. I mean, as people that have followed me for years, um, they know my model is rejoicing in your suffering. 
persevere and build a character that has hope. And because, I mean, every pottery piece that you buy, it has three rings. Because it represents the joy and the perseverance and the character that you need to build to have hope in your life. And when you experience a pottery piece that I make, you're experiencing the hope that I have. And every time you have coffee or you have, you put flowers in a vase or you're doing a pot, you're making a, like a planter type thing or a bowl, you're, you're experiencing the hope that I have. And by touching the mug or touching the vase or touching the, on the pot or whatever, you get to experience those three rings, which is the joy, perseverance, and the character. Because for me, that's been the formula. What is the next pain I'm going to deal with? I mean, and then what is that? How do I find joy in that? It might be the most nastiest thing ever. But in every single pain, there is somewhere to have joy. Yeah. And I, I know that's an oxymoron, but at the same time, it's one of those where you can have joy in the hardest things of life. And you can make take the next step to persevere. But it's a matter of, are you willing? Are you willing to allow that to happen in your life? And I'll never forget working with a client back in when I worked for at the job um, job developer, and she she came to our office and she'd been blind for twenty years, and but she's only getting blind services within like the last year that she was in my office, and I was like, "What have you been doing for these now nineteen twenty or eighteen years?" She's like, just being in my sorrow. I'm like, you lost 19 years that you'll never get back. That you could have experienced the world in a whole new way. She And she's like, I did. But you can tell that she had a hope now. She had a hope that she was going to be able to move forward despite that 18, 19 years of her life is already gone because she didn't want to grieve for her pain, but she did. And she ended up in my office and she got employed and she's probably still doing really well today. So That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, no, you get stuck. And sometimes you're given opportunities and you just pass them by because you're like, nah, I'm comfortable here. Regardless of how bad it is, I'm comfortable. I'd rather just stay in my pain and Stay over here where, you know, no one will hurt me and except myself. But I'm, I'm just going to stay here. I get complacent and, you know, I, just, I have no interest in, in bettering myself because it's scary. Like every, all the unknown is the scary part. And it's like, no, nah, you, 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 you know, again, you have to pull yourself up. But sometimes you got to be brutally honest with yourself. And you have to yell at yourself, curse at yourself, say whatever the hell you got to say. And you got to fight because, you know, it, it takes a lot. To just pull yourself out of that shit because it, it 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 takes everything, and and that's why so many things aren't kind of frowned upon when you're in those places. Like you know, who the hell wants to exercise? Because you know, lifting weights 
you you know you can lift weights for months and see barely any results but like if you want to see real results you gotta really you gotta work every day work out every day or almost every day and you gotta you know you gotta continue to push yourself lift more and you gotta just be consistent and disciplined it's like who wants to do that 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 takes effort it's the same thing with getting yourself out of your funk like to do that, you have to be mentally naked and you have to just strip yourself down to the bare minimum and you have to tell yourself all the things that you play a part in negatively. I mean, yeah, life, you know, someone, you know, your vision is taken from you. Okay, that sucks. That's not, mm-hmm. you know, you you had no control in that, but you have a control in you staying put and not moving. And if you don't, you don't deal with it, it just goes on and on and on. And, you know, most people don't have someone that's just going to come and save them. And and even if you do, you still need to do most of the legwork because it's it's it's, yep. it's not going to fix yep. itself. For sure, for sure. Um, the the cane, right? That was insp- that was inspired because I remember watching the video. That was inspired based on the t- how many times you got hit by cars, right? Well, I mean that's the story that we're. I mean, it happened when I was twenty, and I started building the cane when I was uh, thirty-two. Okay. So. Um, really what kicks that in the gear, I mean, obviously that was one part of it, but really I had a friend get hit by a car pretty severely and it was at night and she ended up in the hospital for almost six months. Um, and I don't know if she lost her job or not. Um, but it really just, it rattled me. I'm like, I hired her as my, one of my employees, you know, when I worked at, the company I worked at, and was she blind? And it was one, yeah, she completely, well, not completely, but pretty close. Right. And and so it really rattled me in a way. I'm like, well, I have the skills to build this. Like I have the technology, and I have the team, and I got the the people to do this. Why don't I try to make a cane that lights up? And next thing you know, we built our first prototype, and I took it to NFB 2019. And people were in love with it. Nope. Everybody hated my robot cane, but everybody loved the semi cane, the lighted blind cane. And so I took it to 2019 NFB and asked the question, have you been hit by a car? And one of every, about one every three people that I talked to were hit by a car at least once. Um, I met one guy, he'd been hit by a car 10 times. Um, and then there's another, a lot of people, they've had their experience once and a handful have been buses, surprisingly, like city buses and, um, actually the paratransit buses. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was kind of surprising and some of these stories. And so I started doing that, but when COVID hit, I lost all my funding for it um we had funding for the robotic blanking and we took it as far as we could um but the infrastructure to really implement the robotic blanking um just wasn't uh available to us um we were innovating something that was way too far in the future mm-hmm. well it wasn't too far in the future um once 5g kind of really takes over we should be able to hit be able to really see if we can bring it to market at that point but but with that i I was already building the semi cane 
And so we were transitioning from the robotic blind cane to the semi cane and I didn't have enough funds to keep it going. And so I, we, we were at a point where like, how are we going to keep forward, moving forward? And next thing you know, I'm also losing all my vision. And so through that process, I can't, I couldn't CAD. I couldn't do the engineering behind it. Um, I couldn't run my own 3d printer. It, it, was just, it was just very frustrating to have to deal with that. And then after we, I got a guy to come in, um, he, he, he was able to give me a pretty good deal and he made me the first like normal weight blind cane with that, uh, that acted like a blind cane. And so we, we started working with that. It had LED going through the whole game and it had a battery life like one hour or something like that. I don't remember, but it was a big handle and we had to get the battery in there. And then, so I was like, all right, this, this is what we're going to go with. I took it to season 2020. What? They didn't have season 2021. So they had season 2022. No. Yeah, they had season 2022, and I took it to there, and I got so much excitement around the cane. People were like, absolutely. Um, and we were like, let's do this. And that's when things started really opening up the door. And um, so in 20, so kind of back up a little bit on the story here. In 2020, of December 2020, I decided my friend – uh, took my potter wheel over to her house because I had packed up my studio because I would turn it into my office. And she, I just said, I'll, I'll come over to your house and make pottery and and then um, we'll do that once a month. Well, her sister took a video of me on the potter wheel and and we kind of just said, oh, I'm, I'm deaf blind and I, I make pottery and we put it on TikTok. And the next thing you know, I went to bed that night, hit 10,000 followers. And then by the time the the day was over, we had over 1.4 million views on the video. Wow. And and then three days later, we hit um, over 50,000 followers. And people are, are just reaching out. Oh, do you make custom pieces? Do you make pieces? Do you sell your pieces? And I'm like, uh, okay. And I was so thankful I knew how to web develop. So I built a website quickly, put it up in 24 hours, had a form for people to submit, make payment, do all those things. And within about six months, I generated enough money to hire an engineer. Um, out of Kentucky. Uh, funny thing is, is she was one of the first followers of my TikTok channel, uh, of the Deaf Blind Potter, oh, and nice. she she heard about my, my challenge and we talked about it. And she's like, "Well, let me help you out. Let's 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 see what I can do for you." So I sent her the cane, and she started working on it. And next thing you know, we're starting to produce the semi cane, and because of the deafblind potter, I generated enough funds to be able to scale the business. And 
2023 in March, we launched the first uh, 100 or the first human cane to go to market. So in February, we worked with the Blind Life guy, um, Sam the Blind Life, and he did the first video and sold our first 100 human canes. And now we're getting ready to scale and start being able to produce around the world and really change lives. And we're seeing the power of a lighted blind cane is truly something something else. I mean, I use a cane, I, I don't even use my normal cane anymore. Like, I want my semi cane. I want to be able to have use it when I need to be seen, be able to turn it on when I need to be seen, and be empowered in a way to be able to have that freedom. Um, and so we're we're moving along, um, and we're it's exciting. It's a really exciting. I've made a product. I invented a product that transforming people's lives and empowering people's lives in a way that people didn't realize. Like you can hear the safety, you can experience, feel the safety that happens when you have a CMK. Yeah. So no, I mean originality is something that's really missing these days, and I think of all forms of entertainment and just the world because but you took something that already existed and, and made it something valuable and, and you put it in your own way of how it would affect you. And yeah, I can imagine, I'm sure I know a bunch of people that probably could use one. Um, it's, it's amazing what you're doing. Cause like I said, it's, it's well needed. And, and even just how you use social media, you used it the way social media should be used. Like, because it, it's, mm-hmm. it's so powerful when you see someone doing what you're doing and it's like, yes, this is why I, get on these platforms. I see all these great stories. I see people doing something. It's, it's changing the world and it's putting good energy back into the world. I'm not on here just to see just the, the crap that is constantly flooding social media that you just get tired of and nauseated by. Like this is someone who's taking your passion and taking, you know, again, taking your pain and turning it into something positive. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's what was so powerful. I mean, when I put out my video, Oh, it was the summer of 2021. Um, I put out my suicide attempt video. It hit over 5 million views. And the amount of lives that we saved because of that just one video was incredible. Um, People reaching out to me saying, thank you. Thank you for telling me your story. I don't feel like I'm the only one. Like it was, it was amazing, the messages that we were getting and emails and people saying, "You you saved my life today. You gave me hope today, and you gave me the opportunity. I was about ready to take those pills." Or, or there was one person that said, "You saved my life. I was about ready to to take my life with a gun." And like there was a certain thing that kept coming up, and I was like. Wow. And I mean, I'm not any counselor by any means. And so I had, I ended up building a resource program for people to go to. Um, I would just be able to paste and copy into um, uh, what you call it, the messages and say, here, go to this place, make sure you get some support, get help, because you can't do this alone. I'm here for you. So message me. Um, I had a lot of people from Australia. Um, see that video and really got to speak to a lot of people in Australia and 
Yeah, it was an incredible, it was an incredible ride. Um, it lasted almost. Oh man, that viral went. Oh, it it was about. I want to say it was about four months, where my inbox was just packed, and just trying to get through them, and that's when I realized stop putting out viral content. <laughs> Yeah. Because if you do viral content, you're going to be busy um, because you got to deal with all that stuff. And so I don't do viral content anymore. I only do discovery content. But um, but yeah, it was it was a uh, it was an experience that really changed people's lives, and but also it really it, it gave me it, like you talked about finding that purpose why you continue to live today. Like, you do your podcast. I mean, I have been a lot of blind cane to empower blind individuals. I make pottery to give somebody the hope for tomorrow. And th- those things are really, th- those are purposes. And those are what get you up in the morning. That's what drives you. And that's what gives you that hope. Yeah, I think the saddest thing is when you when you see a person who doesn't like have a purpose, and you're like, man, like please find something because that those are the ones that are hardest to keep around. Because you're like, no, I don't want mm-hmm. you to give up. Just find something, find something to hold on to, and then maybe something will come along with that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and and you were there at one point, and so was I. I mean, obviously, when you want to kill yourself, you don't feel like you have a purpose. So, you know. Yeah. You know, you you have you feel like you have no reason to live. I mean, for me, I was I felt like I was only around for my family at one point, just because it's like I don't mm-hmm. I hate myself. I don't I hate life. I don't want to be here, but I don't want them to find me dead. So I'll hang around yeah. a little bit. But again, that was something, and that got me through however much time that got me through. And then eventually, I found something else, and then something else, and then something else, and then all of a sudden, you blink, and ten years had gone by, and now you have a purpose and you're still here. Yep. That is for sure. That is for sure. So, um, yeah, so we can kind of wrap up here, but, uh, I said, of course I appreciate your time, but you want to promote your, your website and obviously where you can get these canes and, and, and social media yep. and everything. So yeah, so you can get uh semen cane at semen cane.com. Um, that's S E E and then me. M E and then Kane C A N E dot com. Um, if you want to learn more about Deafblind Potter, you can go to DeafblindPotter dot com. Um, and then all the social medias are the same. So see me Kane dot com or see me Kane, and then Deafblind Potter. Um, pretty much all the platforms. See me Kane only on uh, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. We we give it up on Facebook, but uh, Deafblind Potter is on all the platforms. So. Awesome, buddy. Thank you again. You're an awesome dude. I appreciate you being on and doing what you're doing. All right. Thank you, Timothy. Yeah, man. Keep in touch, all right? And uh, if you ever need a guest for your podcast, just just hit me up. Sound good. Yeah, I'm, I'm booked out for the rest of the year. But... All right, guys. Thanks for being here. This is the second one I did today. Um, I did Stephanie's, and now I'm doing his, so... You know, I think I'm done with podcasting for the day. Actually, I think I might actually have one tomorrow, too, I got to do. So I'm pretty booked, and, and I have a lot done. So, um, you know, it, it's a good it's a good problem to have, though. It really is. So I appreciate you all. Oh, boy, a motorcycle. So 
Uh, I know there's been a lot of noise in the background. Yeah, I tried to mute that, but yeah, um, a lot of noise in the background and, and dogs and shit and just people. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this mic picks up too much sound and people are too loud. Um, but yes, Bullet is here. I don't know if he'll say hi because he seems pretty comfortable. Bileto? Look at the mic, big guy. He's looking at it. You want to say hi? It's a little bit of purr, but I don't know if you can pick it up. Hey, get the mic. Look, look. No? There's a little bit of a purr. Maybe you can hear it. He's happy. That's all you need to know. He's a happy boy. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, or thanks for being on here with us. We, um, we at Bullet Night. Very much appreciate you guys, and um, we love the support, and uh, we will continue to keep the fight up. Oh man, he made me feel real insignificant, man. I gotta, I gotta get my, I gotta step my shit up right now, and get moving. But yeah, he, he, awesome what he's doing. I really do appreciate his story and journey, and um, he's a, someone you should definitely check out on TikTok and all streaming platforms, and, or not streaming platform, but social media platforms. And, um, yeah, that cane, I'll, real quickly before I get out of here, that cane, I saw the video of it. It is bright from what I see in the video. It is something that looks very useful um, for what it's supposed to be. It looks like it can, it looks like it's going to do what it's supposed to do. So, um, if you are blind and you want one, go to his website. Um, so, yeah. All right, y'all, I will uh, hit y'all back. No, I'm kidding. I will uh I will talk to you next week. So same time, same channel. Bulato, do you have anything else to say now? Nope. He just shoved his head underneath his paws. So goodbye from Buleto and Amio. Bye guys.